Welcome to Tet a Tet. I'm Ben Chan here with my co-host Sean Calloway, and today's guest is Reginald Constant. Reginald is the son of Haitian immigrants. He grew up in Canarsie, Brooklyn. He is an alum of Grady High School, which is also in Brooklyn. Reginald attended Bard College, which is in upstate New York in Annandale on Hudson. And he got his master's degree in library science from Queens College. He started working for the Queens Public Library System in 2007, and then he moved to Oakland in 2011, where he currently lives. And he works for the Laney Community College Library. So Reginald, when we asked you, what are things that people aren't talking about that you think people should talk about? You said that a uh, few people talk about how libraries are community centers in a lot of neighborhoods, even in New York City, and it's the only thing going down. So let's begin by asking you, what do you do as a librarian? Well, it, it, it kind of varies uh, between uh, what library you work for. I mean, it's still the same for me because I'm a community college librarian and I started out as a public librarian. Before this, uh, Sean had uh, called me an academic librarian and I was like, no, 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 don't call me. That's too hoity-toity for me. I think going back, I mean, we librarians talk about, um, I mean, it's our profession, but we talk about, uh, you know, and it's just something in many non-for-profits, many organizations that deal with communities talk about, which are third spaces. Third spaces are those places, you know, you have work and you have home. And between home, you know, there are, there are places that people go to socialize and to form communities. And traditionally, it would be uh, church, the Kiwanis Club, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, um, even the bar. But, you know, a lot of people don't have access to those, um, those, those kind of network organizations, don't have access to money, uh, you know, access to networks. And so, you know, the library is a space where uh, many people, uh, whether they're poor, whether they're rich, whether they're elderly or young, can converge and engage in community. Um, I was working when I started out as a librarian in Queens Public Library in Far Rockaway. Now, if any, you're familiar with Far Rockaway, the Rockaways, um, they're sort of the last um, bastion of, of, of sort of like poverty. Uh, you know, like many of the, through gentrification and displacement, many yeah, of- There are a lot of group homes out there. In, in yeah, there are a lot of group homes out there. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, um, same thing as in the, in the Bronx. So all these, resources and all these poor people have been pushed out uh, from the outer boroughs and Manhattan and to the very, very edges of the city. And so, um, you know, uh, where I worked, there were a lot of, you know, halfway houses, uh, you know, a lot of mentally ill. You know, it's the first, you know, um, despite coming from a working class family, um, immigrant family, it was the first time I encountered sort of your textbook intergenerational uh, poverty, you know, like this person is a case, <laughs> you know, like this, your, 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 the person that you're working with is a, is, is a case of a, who's asking this question. So many of these, uh, I, I don't mean to disparage people, um, but many of these conditions um, that I, that we talk about, you know, working as a public librarian, that was my first interaction with these. And, you know, it was, you know, we tend to, you know, it's 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 sort of like how um, our 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 disconscious prejudices, like you know, um, yeah. make us 
hate and despise uh, people who are less fortunate than us, um, especially um, working class people. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the poor people are just there to keep you on your toes, right? And you, so you, you don't really empathize with these people until you start working with them. Uh, and, and, you know, working at the public library uh, enabled me to, to, to develop the first steps of sort of a crit critical consciousness, a critical disposition, uh, where, you know, um, these are people who, you know, there are systems in place uh, to sort of limit people and to keep the people where they are in, in conditions. And, you know, people make decisions, you know, in order to survive and they might not be the best, but it's the way that, you know, they're, and so, and just how having to work and interact with people in the community, uh, you know, like it's, 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 I wanted to be a librarian because, you know, I, I, most people work in a bookstore or something or they study literature and I like books and I like people and, uh, you know, um, and towards that, I, I sort of lost that, that, that fanciful idea, only a Nancy Pearl or, you know, some elderly uh, white lady has time for that shit. Nobody has, we don't have time, librarians don't have time to read. Like if you are serious about your work, uh, you know, if you're serious about working in the community, you know, ain't nobody got time to read. You know, you have, you have to, you know, a lot of our jobs are, we're community helpers. A lot of our job is to edify our community and to give them and connect people to the resources that they need. And so a lot of our libraries are basically um, intermediaries between uh, key vital community services and members of the community. Um, you know, and um, being an academic, like academic, there it goes again, a community college librarian, I, you know, I fell into it, but a lot of the uh, dispositions and professional habits and skills that I had transfer over to the community college setting um, because a lot of the clients that I, I, the, that I uh, work with at the community college level, you know, non-traditional uh, uh, students, students with uh, mental disabilities, um, let's see, people coming back from prison, uh, you know, um, um, young adults, urban young adults, you know, um, I, I, I don't think I would uh, function in a place like uh, Stanford libraries or even UC Berkeley. It's a, it's, it's a different clientele. And so, you know, a lot of my job is basically, you know, just acclimating people in the college environment and just really, you know, just making them feel comfortable, uh, you know, in a, in a library, just making them uh, feel comfortable in college, you know, like a lot of my job is like, I, I, I help tutor people, you know, I help write people, help people with their papers. I help people, people don't know how to type, you know, like, you know, it's, uh, it's, and, 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 you know, this is just, the disparity in education uh, that many um, black and brown and poor people uh, go through in our communities. And, you know, just like the public library, the community, you know, in terms of connecting people to the community, I think the community college is, is probably uh, access, it's, it's, it's access to higher education for people who would normally be uh, excluded from um, 
normal four-year institutions. Um, I said too much. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Reginald, Reginald, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Are you telling us between the lines that your clients feel like imposters when they walk into it? And secondly, yes, people feel like imp- where, where? The college or the, uh, wherever you're working right now, do you find your clients feel like they're imposters? I, I, I feel that people, there's a, there's a really big imposter syndrome for, for people. And, and I struggle with that too. Uh, you know, like I, here I am, I'm my, my uh, father was a community college uh, janitor. My mother wiped old people's asses for a living as a home care worker. Uh, what am I doing in college? <laughs> what am I doing working here? You know, like, I mean, my idea growing up was getting a nice city job, you know, maybe <laughs> doing something. And, you know, a lot of these people, you know, like, uh, especially, you know, if you haven't been to school that long, if your education is, is terrible, if your experience, uh, you know, of school is, you know, basically being, you know, uh, people are just, you know, they don't, people don't fail by choice. People are failed, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like, um, life doesn't happen, you know, uh, you know, people, people have very few limited options and, you know, walking, you know, and it takes a lot of courage uh, and to admit, for people to, you know, admit that they need to learn. The people need to, you know, people, and my job is basically to, I'm getting tear. <laughs> You know, it's, you know, it's, you feel like a social worker. Yeah. I'm a social worker. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's all I've been. um, So what is a librarian then? (laughs) Yeah. There's a social worker who happens to deal with books. That's, that's a librarian. Are there there books left in libraries now? Um, I mean, we're talking about digitizing all the libraries and you walk in and it's about the machines. Is it still about books? You know, I, I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a disparity in access to, to materials, especially in the college level, you know. Uh, I can remember myself, you know, not having money to purchase books, uh, you know, and the instructor is like, well, buy this book. Why do you have this edition? Well, I mean, I'm working through three or four jobs at my college and I can't, can't afford a textbook. This is the option. This is, you know, and to have, and I've had instructors say, you know, like you work and that's so condescending, you know, and books are expensive, you know, and so there's a whole uh, zero cost uh, and open educational resource initiative to stay away from, you know, traditional uh, textbook models and, uh, and vendors and to create uh, you know, uh, curricular materials uh, that are free and open to students. And, you know, like we, we, we have books, you know, I um, mean, like we have, you know, for every academic library, even from the community to the most sophisticated, I mean, what circulates most are going to be the textbooks and the course reserves because people just can't afford textbooks, you know, and uh, hopefully within, you know, uh, my career, uh, people like, you know, um, Neil Schumann 
and all those bastards will will be <laughs> phased out you know because it's 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 a scam it's a hustle and you know like a lot of people just can't afford it uh so i don't i good riddance <laughs> do you do you see reading right do you see reading as a dying art or are we looking for content being presented via media rather than via print, even if the print is online or in some fashion? Um, you know, like I, I think people are getting their information and content through computer uh, mediated technology. So information and computer technology is the way that it's just the way that we are going to work uh you know joe jetson had a three hour days on that compu computer you know and that was that we perceived that 60 years now and that's going to be the and that's how the world is today <laughs> you know and so um it's 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 i i think it's a. Uh, it's 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 a whole bunch of um, it's not the end of literacy per se. It's the development of of new literacies, and um, even people who can read books, you know, like uh, it's cool. You can read a book, right? Uh, you know, um, and and those skills are being those those core literacy skills are being taught. But what's more Im important for people is to um, approach uh, computer and the internet critically with typing skills. Like I remember my first year of college having to write uh, my first paper by hand, you, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, and, uh, and, I, and I still encounter students, you know, going through that, you know, like you can't, nobody's accepting anything by hand, you know, people have to type, you know, people have to research on the internet, you know, so there's, 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 it's not the end of reading, it's just the transition and addition of, 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 of more competent competencies and literacies. Well, right. pursuing that, Reg, pursuing that, um, a book, I guess you could say, is a codification of frozen information, okay? And clearly, there's a lot of misinformation in books or as we proceed forward in research or whatever, we find out that some of the information in the book is incorrect because knowledge goes forward. When you're talking about these new forms of literacy, which you're talking about, um, how is it possible to have these forms of literacy when you have no real surety that what is being conveyed is valid? at least in a book, uh, it goes through certain, and I mean any book, it goes through certain kinds of critical disdain, shall we say, from the public or from whomever. Whereas we've learned in this last four-year cycle in American <laughs> politics, you don't know what's coming at you and you don't know where it's coming from. Um, yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, as a, I've just gotten wary of all types of media ever since being a you know, I, I, and um, I, I tell people colloquially, just don't believe the hype. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
and 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 but you know the same kind of skills you know like we I, i'm not looking for truth no matter what i i i i approach whether it's a book or or an an article um i'm looking for um i'm just looking for what's that where I'm just looking that if things can be documented, uh, truth is an, is is a value judgment, right? It's something that we have. I, I that we, um, you know, I think I, shoot, like it's I just, you know, like you just whatever you consume, whatever you use, whether it's you know, a book or the internet or even a peer reviewed article. Like there's so there's a whole uh, industry of of bullshit peer review. You know, you just can't take no matter what the the format. You can't take anything for granted, uh, and you know, like you can't take it for truth. And and that's just the approach that we're we're that I teach students. Just you know, like you know, there's acronyms we use: crap, sift. You know, it's just like going back and forth, you know, like we have this hierarchy of domain extensions with the government being at the highest, you know, but we know from the CDC, we can no longer trust even government institutions and how, you know, trusted um, professionals are so, are tainted, you know, like I, I'm, I'm a cynic in that sense where I just, you just can't, uh, just be wary of what you approach. Uh, and that's and that's basically it. I, I don't know exactly how, what the last, uh, you know, I mean, like I'm I'm currently reading a lot of books on, uh, you know, uh, critical race theory and all this stuff, and I don't and uh, you know and uh, you know like you just have to reflect and question, you know, no matter what you read, uh, even if you, it's something that you. Uh, believe in you just have to just like well why do i believe who's behind this i'm talking too much um, no you're doing fine Reg. so i, w- I want to ask you about um so you talked about your clients and the people that that walk into your library at the community college feeling like imposters um have you ever felt like an imposture within the library setting uh, either oh, in the public or the the college the academic library oh well um i feel like an, an imposter uh, more so right now um, than I feel that I, you know, um, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, public libraries and academic libraries. And, um, you know, like I feel like it, both places have their challenges, but, uh, you know, like uh, I feel like my clientele know that I belong here, um, you know, my coworkers don't, you know, academic academia, um, you know, when your wife is an academic yeah. and it's hard to be an academic of, co- of color, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and even like a librarian, that's not really an academic, right? You know, you're just a help staff, right? And then you want to compound uh, gender and race into that. That even makes you more, you know, like I, 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 I was mobbed. Um, I was mobbed um, last year uh, by some committee members and a dean. 
And, you know, the way that I was treated was as if I wasn't even an employee. Like I was just, you know, a, a, a you know, like I was just um, a vagrant, a delinquent. <laughs> you know, like all, all the various processes didn't really apply to me. Uh, you know, and um, and there is a, even in a, a podunk community college, there is all these uh, racial stratifications and status and all these things, and people you know try to remind you uh, that you don't belong there, and you know it's like it's 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 hard because you know um, it's. It's hard because, uh, let me be, I've been conditioned to act a certain way, uh, to be nice uh, to people and to be nice to uh, white people. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Uh, you, you know, and it's, it's, it's just that, you know, you're taught to be safe. You know, that's what you want to project to your colleagues, uh, you, you know, and, um, and approachable. Uh, and uh, also, you know, you want to be smart, you know, um, but no matter how intelligent, no matter what you have, like, dude, it says MLS in my signature. You met me four or five times, motherfucker. Do you not know I'm a librarian? Do you not know I'm a faculty? Like, you know, and I had to, and I had to put, and I had to put people on blast for that. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, we, I got some crazy shit this last semester, um, but uh, this is really tr trouble um, to the point where I have, I'm doing a, you know, I'm doing a workplace discrimination uh, suit, investigation, uh, you know, because, like, you know, I feel that, you know, academics are very articulate, especially socially conscious people of color, but at the end of the day, you just gotta sue, you just gotta sue, you know, like, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't talk, you know, like only people, people can understand, people understand by uh, their pocket and, you know, people can understand, you know, it's just like, and I'm, and I'm kind of going through that, like, where I, I can no longer be a nice person where um, I can't engage with you with that way, because no matter how safe I am, I'm still being perceived as a threat. And, you know, like, um, and it was just, and it was just really fucked up. And, you know, um, and, you know, like, I, you know, like, we work at a community college, like, the fuck, you know, like, who the fuck are you, you know? Um, and, and, and it's also the fact that I, I just have a natural humility, you know, um, just working in public service coming from an immigrant household, like, you know, you and, you know, like college wasn't this thing for me, like me going to college, right? Me getting a master's, me getting, you know, and it's just like, I just want to get a fucking PhD out of fucking spite, you know, like, fuck you, like, no, 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 fuck you, motherfucker. Like, you know, who the fuck are you, you know, and, and, you have an extensive vocabulary. You know, I have an extensive vocabulary. Uh, leave this for the children. Um, I know. I know Callaway. I know I'm an educated man, and, and, and have an. Ex and I'm supposed to talk properly, but you know, I'm. I'm. I, I, I'm me. Like I'm just me, and this is something that I've struggled with. Like no matter how 
hard I try to be like you. Like, you know, I have my piercings, I have my, my, my tattoos, <laughs> you know, my mother's name, Damanus, and another one. Right. I have my earrings and another one. Like, you know, like, I don't, I don't try to, I don't try to give off something. I'm not pretentious. I don't need to prove myself to people. Did, did you say <laughs> that you were trying to be like me or something? Did I just hear you say that? <laughs> No, 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to be like you. I'm not trying to be like you. I just, you know, like, I think a lot of people, I think we, we, we talk about authenticity and, you know, like, uh, and, people, and people want to, you know, project, you know, gravitas and, and seriousness and, you know, like, I'm me and you can talk to me and you can approach to me. And, you know, like, I am, and, and I'm real. And I'm not trying to be real. I'm just, okay. a lot of times I've struggled with, you know, just uh, being who I am, you know. And, like, you know, and people talk about authenticity, like, essentialist as being, you know, maybe militant or Afrocentric or, you know, some ism. And, like, dude, I'm just, you know, a working class guy from Brooklyn, and, you know, like, I'm going to work with a student and I'm going to drop a couple of F-bombs and say, you know what, that, that thing that your instructor wanted was fucked and he's, he's a fucking asshole. You can tell him that, uh, you know, because, like, you don't have the money for this, you know. And, and, you know, and that's, I've tried to, you know, sort of be the other way and, and it doesn't work. And I think at the end of the day, I... I I have to be more comfortable with just bringing myself. Like I, I sit in committees and like, I'm just like, I don't feel here. I don't feel like this is my place. And, you know, people will remind you that in a second, you know, and, you know, like after my mobbing situation, I felt very scared. Like I just, you know, and I still feel traumatized for that, uh, you know, and I'm glad that, you know, we haven't had school because I feel that, you know, it brings a part of me that I've suppressed, you know, which is the angry <laughs> black man. And, you know, like, and, you know, like, I don't want to show you what a threat is because I'm just gonna, <laughs> you know, I can show you what a threat is, you know, um, and, you know, um, sometimes you got to tell people about themselves. You know, you got to tell people, uh, they need to own up to their behavior and their behavior is atrocious. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Question for you, Reg. When or what in your educational process before you got to Queens prepared you to be a librarian? Or how did you even discover the idea of being a librarian? I think the library was a place where I could go to when I was a kid. Uh, my home life was very dysfunctional. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't tragic or, or traumatic. Like I was, I was well fed and, and everything. Uh, it was just not a place for me to be, uh, you know, and, um, more often than not, the library was the only place where I can just read in peace, where I didn't have to go through my parents' domestic squabbles, uh, you know, where, um, you know, I can... You know, I was an avid reader. It was a place where I can talk to people about books, uh, you know. Um, and so, um, and it was just a place where 
I was myself and I was comfortable. Um, and then for many kids, you know, like it's so many kids, it's going to be the same. When I encountered a lot of the kids when I was in Queens, you know, they didn't have a place to go. Their parents were messed up. <laughs> you know, it was people were in the library from 3 p.m. to 8, from 8 p.m. Um, because it was the only place where kids can socialize or just, or just, or just do their homework. Um, and for me, it was, it was a lot of the same. So, Rich, when you left New York City in 2011 to move to Oakland, it seemed to me like you were, you were burnt out. You were done with New York City and you were, you were done with the, with the Queens Public Library system. Mm-hmm. How is it now being in Oakland and, and what's, what's different about it now? And how has Oakland changed since, since you've been there? Um, I, I think um, if there are young people uh, listening, um, don't believe the hype about New York City. Uh, you know, the New York City hustle is, you know, um, you know, so I graduated, I uh, had a master's degree, uh, but I was making bupkis, you know, and I, um, I'm working, I can barely afford my apartment. You know, I have friends who are doubling, tripling up in apartments. It's, it's, New York City is very overrated. Um, and I think when I had graduated from college, there was a fear uh, that, that, you know, people just go back, revert to the familiar. Um, uh, and it's, it's and, and, and there was a, I should have left New York a long time ago. You know, when you go to Portland or something, you know, uh, <laughs> everything's going to Portland those days. <laughs> right. uh, uh, it's just, it's just, and it's, New York may be the most, glamorous city, but New Yorkers are very insular people, especially New Yorkers from immigrant backgrounds. We live in these um, sort of like ethnically isolated, segregated neighborhoods. And, you know, like we're, and, uh, you know, and uh, when I was a kid, I didn't want to go to a different neighborhood, a different, a different section, you know, because, you know, it's the fear of getting beat up by mooks you know, whatever, you know, and, uh, or fear of, or contempt for the other ethnicity or the other person, you know, and I think that keeps us, you know, um, that keeps us, that limits our options and our choices. And uh, when I had, uh, and so when I came home from, from college, you know, it was like, it was like, I can go home, uh, to what I'm comfortable with, but what I'm comfortable with was a, a dysfunctional, but it was something that I, 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 I at least felt uncomfortable with. That's familiar. And, you know, like I had to like go to grad school and then, you know, like I had to, and then, you know, I had to go to Queens and I had to work my, you know, a job and commute two hours and everything. And I was like, and it just really wasn't worth it. It just, you know, New York City is not worth it. It's, it's worth it for a couple of years, but I can't, you know, it's like uh, my partner who's from California, um, she was like, hey, I'm going to leave and I'm not coming back. So, you know, so, you know, that and so, and I was like, wow, uh, what am I going to do? Like, I love this woman and I, you know, I don't really love New York City that much. There's nothing really here that ties me and you know um to the city and new york 
actually feels very overwhelmed um, to you. It's like you have no agency. Uh, you're just a cog in a hustle like everybody else. You know, moving to Oakland, um, you know, like Oakland has history, has grassroots history. Um, I was a, you know, like I was a member of a city commission. I couldn't do that in New York. <laughs> New York, uh, you know, um, I was able to buy a house, you know, uh, you know, there's, that was maybe like six years ago. Now nobody can buy a house in the Bay anymore, but I, I looked out, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, like people, there's a sense of comfort and community here. Like I can, I can walk down anywhere in the city and, you know, I'll encounter somebody who I know in Oakland, um, either coworker or, or client or, or student um, you know, like there's familiar people. It's like, it's like Springfield. Like, you know, you, you see anybody. Uh, and that's not to, you know, it was still a major city, you know, but it's, 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 and people here can um, affect change. People here have agency, uh, you know, people, there is a thriving, you know, political uh, scene, you know, like, you know, and uh, I, I don't, I don't try to make a comparison. I just feel like, you know, I'm paying more, it's, it's more expensive, but the quality of life is better. And, you know, like people, and just people just need to like, get out of your, 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 your Flatbush, your Elmhurst, um, you know, your Washington Heights, just get out of that, you know, and, you know, um, and I think also it was the idea, it was my experience, you know, going upstate in college, you know, just being, you know, acculturated to, you know, different, uh, you know, perspectives and, you know, broader society, quote unquote, uh, <laughs> you know. At it, Bard? It just, at, at Bard, yes. And at Bard. Around the year 2000? Are you around telling me year this? Around the year 2000. Ben, would you please put him on a lie detector? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I mean, Bard's changed a lot, but still, when yeah. you were there, right? It, 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 it's, it's, it's a, I think uh, the challenge with PWIs uh, and being a student of color um, is really, you know, one culture shock uh, and issue of community and support. Um, so in my instance, when I was at Bard, um, you know, I think uh, the issue was being a non, a you know, a non-white identified person of color, student of color who was not in HEOP, <laughs> you know, and so... Um, Can you tell people what HEOP means? Uh, oh, shit. Uh, higher right, Education uh, Opportunity Program. program. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so, um, you know, so there I am, a, a city kid, uh, you know, with other city kids, but the other kids, city kids have their own communities and they're, 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 they have their own support base, they have their own support system, they have their own community. Uh, so hold I, on, Rich, I, I want to just pause you for a second. So people who don't know what HOP uh, is, it's Higher Education Opportunity Program, and it is a program uh, where um, money is, is set aside to, um, to admit students who have academic potential, but have faced hurdles uh, for, so for instance, poverty or being uh, the first in their family to, to attend college. And they, it usually comes along with extra uh, money for textbooks and other things. It us they usually 
end up on campus during the summer to acclimate themselves to the school. And that's how they grow together and they have their own support group and their own community before anybody else shows up on campus. So I'm sorry, Rachel, go ahead. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, you know, that's a learning community and, you know, also a, you know, social community, you know, so like communally they can deal with the, the, the culture shock and, you know, the, the microaggressions, the racism, uh, you know, they can they can have somebody to go with and like, you know, I'm the first one in the generation, you know, it's just like a, a, a the difference It's a slight difference in, in money, you know, I fit I check out all those those boxes except for one And in my experience is completely different uh, You know, and so um, I think it, it challenges you and uh, you know, it's it was very isolating experience for my four, uh, honestly, five years, <laughs> you know, um, you know, being, uh, and this is before, you know, now people sling the terms equity and um, social justice, and there are real, you know, robust uh, diversity programs, you know, <laughs> you know, like there wasn't really such when I was an undergrad, that thing didn't really, uh, there was lip service and basically that was just to, you know, um, prevent, you know, uh, uh, disgruntled men of color uh, from misbehaving <laughs> and dropping out. Right, uh, and this was before Facebook and, and Instagram and the internet community. So when, when you say you like you were alone, you really mean it was just you and your, the four walls and your books. Yeah, it was it was just me, the four walls, and my books. And it's like I said so that I didn't make any friends, and it wasn't isolated. But you know, like I, um, you know, I think things are different now. Maybe um, things are much better. Um, I, Callaway, you can add to this. I don't know. I haven't been to uh, that place in a long time, uh, but you know, I think that. Um, colleges are more accountable for the, at least on the surface, at least, you, you know, for the students of color. Uh, uh, were, were there people lo that looked like you when you were attending Bard, working in the library? Uh, no, I was probably the only student of color working for the library at that time. Uh, um, you know, as a, as a page. Uh, I mean, I mean, how many of us are there? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, if, 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 like faculty librarians. Oh, faculty librarians? No, um, even right now, uh, you know, like I think uh, how many librarians are in the country? A million librarians, maybe like uh, one or 3% of them are African-American, uh, you know, maybe less, a fraction of that are, are, are black men, uh, you know, so, uh, it's still a predominantly uh, female and Caucasian uh, profession. Um, Reg, if you're talking to black youth, why would you tell them or what would you tell them about why it's important to become a librarian or why that is a reasonable economic path to choose for your life? Um, I, 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 ooh, Jesus. Um, I, ooh. Um, there's a whole, huh. Jesus. 
I think um, uh, when I told my parents that I wanted to be a librarian, they said it was a dirty job. <laughs> Mind you, what I said, my, my dad was a janitor, my mom cleaned people's asses, right? And, you know, and why, why did they think it was a dirty job? I think, you know, um, did they, did, do you a, think they saw it as menial? They saw it as menial and they saw as uh, there's an idea that public service is, is unrewarding um, and public service is just, you know, like nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to work with poor people. Nobody wants to, uh, you know, sit on a desk and nobody wants to get their hands dirty. You know, I, I had just a, a, a critically conscious academic friend of mine says, said to me, I don't want to be an, I don't want to be a, 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 uh, <laughs> an activist, <laughs> you know, an activist, you know, doesn't, doesn't do anything, right? Doesn't get paid, you know? And I feel that, you know, people, you know, like I work in, a, I live in the Bay Area and you'll be surprised how many people, you know, are getting EDDs or degrees in social justices, you know, and uh, they're not doing anything but, you know, creating another non-for-profit or working for another non-for-profit, right? Uh, you know, but I feel like, you know, like if you're, you know, if you're, civic-minded, there are ways of helping your community without being a doctor or a lawyer, uh, you know, the, the traditional paths, um, you know, which are laudable. And I feel that we need more lawyers. Uh, and, and No, you're shaking your head, guy. No, we have an excess of lawyers. I, yeah, I think we have an excess of lawyers. Uh, and then we need... I, you know, like we have an excess of teachers too, to be honest with you. Um, there are other avenues um, besides, uh, uh, man, lawyers. <laughs> there are other <laughs> In case everybody out there doesn't know, Ben has a law degree. Uh, no, like, oh, I've seen so many people with like JDs. Um, be surprised how many people with JDs are you know, are working in educational administration. And <laughs> you well, know, let me let me ask you the question this way, Reg. Do you think yeah. that there are a lot of people that that set out to be librarians, or is this a profession it, that people fell into at some point? I, I think this is something that uh, people fall into. Um, you know that I. Um, one thing that I think that my education at Bard gave me was a global perspective. Um, the mindset that um, it was my duty to help people and to be you know, a critical member of my community. Um, so that's something I think the takeaway, at least the takeaway from my education at Bard was that, you know, that, uh, Everyone is a social actor, uh, and you know, like, um, like, what can you do for your uh, community? Um, how are you responsible? Um, and and uh, we all can be uh, Che Guevara. Um, you know, we aspire we should, to. But we should all take out a book and, and read about Che Guevara. We should, we should all take out a book and read about Che Guevara. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we all can't be doctors. We all can't be lawyers. Uh, but uh, this lawyer, law thing is getting... Right. Richard, I'm curious. So what does is, what is your, your father think about you now? 
well, my father is no longer with us. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, but did, but did they ever come to peace with, with your decision? I, with your career? I, I think, I think uh, it's, it's a very, um, I don't uh, My father wanted me to play NBA or NFL or something. I was a big guy. Uh, I didn't, I was not, uh, I never was inclined to sports, uh, you know, um, so um, I think it was probably the only avenue that he saw a, a, a man of color in this country uh, succeeding, uh, you know, um, you know, but, uh, you know, we grew up in Flatbush, right? There were uh, black lawyers, there were doctors, there were all these people, you know, that served our community. But like I said, like service is not the way to, to, to success, you know, uh, it's just a dirty job. Uh, and, you know, the way to transcend that, uh, and unfortunately, and many of us believe it is these ideas of the entertainer and the sports figure. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's, you know, like how many of us can, can make it to that level, right? And if you can, hey, by all means, you know, but uh, there's nothing wrong with an honest profession. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think um, it was a matter of making peace with uh, my career. It was the, a matter of, you know, um, having a typical, um, masculine uh, 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 um, life goal and traits. Like I, I think uh, when I had a woman of my own, when I had a car, when I had a house, uh, those trappings of adulthood and of 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 of, of uh, that, that means masculinity. That, yeah. <laughs> it means you know, as an immigrant, that that you've made it if your children are able to achieve those things. Uh, is debated what I said. That means you know, as as the child of immigrants, when when your parents see that you've achieved those things, that means that you've made it, you know, or had some some success. Yeah. Yeah, you you've you've uh, you've you made it. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's very, um, you know, I think people don't believe that these careers are a means to a middle-class life, you know, like, um, to be honest with you, I'm, the difference is between New York when I was in Queens and I just got my degree, I was making at the most uh, 40000 like this year uh, is the year where I uh, make, uh, you know, a hundred thousand. Like you know, like as a librarian, like you know, like this is like the first time. And mind you, the cost of living is high in California, but right. whatever. Americans don't disclose what they make, but I'll, I'll just whatever. <laughs> you know, like money. You know, like I. It's it's. You can make good money. Um, you know, like you don't have to be sophisticated. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have, like you can just you know the, go to grad school, study something. You know, like and you know you can have an honest job where you're helping people, and you can make money. Um, you know, to afford a standard way of living. You know, um, and it's not to say not to aspire high. 
but it's this is not a low aspiration. Uh, you know, don't let anybody tell you uh, that you know what you're doing because you know it's humble and it's meek. That it's that it's garbage. <laughs> you know. Um, so we have to. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We have to uh, wrap up now and. At this point, uh, with the last two minutes, uh, we like to give our guests a, sh- a soapbox. So you have a couple of minutes now to get on your soapbox and talk about uh, for two minutes whatever you want to talk about. Oh, soapbox, man! I feel like I've been talking on my soapbox <laughs> for like <laughs> the last uh, hour. Uh, uh, man, um, or or one last thing that's on your mind that you want to express before we wrap up. Um, I think, um, I think for all of you people uh, and all of young people, you know, growing up in immigrant households, uh, I think don't be afraid to speak up. Uh, I think we're, we're trapped with this idea of meekness and humility uh, and, and, and I think that sets us back. Uh, you know, they, they say the hammer that sticks out, uh, the nail that sticks out gets, that gets hammered. Yeah. Uh, and we have this impression that, you know, uh, we have to conform, we have to assimilate, we have to live, you know, the, this prescribed way, uh, you know, Ben being an, an Asian who's not good at math. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, like, don't, don't you know there are so many different avenues um and don't be afraid to explore them um and don't let uh even your parents uh limit you uh with their uh positions because at the end of the day it's your life that you will have to live uh and even if you mess up you know still your life uh, <laughs> That's, that's all I got to say. Uh, nothing profound uh, besides that. No, I think that's great. Uh, so, so thank you very much for, for coming and speaking to us, Reginald. Uh, Sean, do you have anything to add? No, thanks a lot, Reg. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Uh, um, edit my words in post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>